just saying how am i always wearing green when it comes time to record in this room <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's right we just talked about that the last two episodes actually the last two times you've been in that room you've been wearing green and i, I can hardly even see you in the backdrop i'm pretty sure there are different green shirts too i've got a couple but <laughs> <laughs> shout right. out to fresh clean tees that's all my yes. t-shirts yeah and shout out to uh i wear the same shirts every day as well shout out to um next level t-shirts been wearing next level forever and now three thirty six hundred they're so like um well they're blanks we call them because they used to have a t-shirt company and so then you buy like a ton of blanks and then send them to a screen printer and after buying like ten thousand of these shirts i just always said to myself like why on earth am i ever going to go shopping for shirts again when i could just buy <laughs> these like <laughs> like these skews over and over again and so that's what i've done for the last 10 years <laughs> that's awesome yeah well hey man right. it's good First to see you off, likewise um welcome everybody to the copy blogger podcast my name is tim that's ethan if you are watching this on video you're going to be in for a treat if you're not um just be prepared for ethan's reaction but check out the goods bro. what is this yeah <laughs> that's right five copies of the first edition book in case you forget written by ethan brooks i read the whole thing last night i loved it i got well i'm saving one for my sister i got two copies here so two people that want a copy of the first edition limited vip series of in case you forget written by none other than ethan brooks um send me your address on twitter shoot me a dm and i will mail these two copies to you one of them is for me which you need to sign next time i see you one of them is for my sister one of them is for somebody else i don't know i'm just going to give it to somebody but i got two two copies so sh shoot me your address and dm me on twitter and i will send them to you Thank you, man. That's uh, I I I had no idea that you did that, but I really appreciate it. I um, I, now I got to go and check because Amazon actually emailed me the other day because there's something wrong with my account as a publisher, and I've been ignoring it because I'm like the book's not. I'm not really pushing the book right now, anyways. So I have to go check in. Yeah. But thank you. That's a great surprise. You're very welcome. And next up on the docket is I discovered you, Mr. Ethan. I finally found you, and I'll share my screen. Bam. Ethan Brooks, by the way, does not redirect to your blog, you shady, stealthy-ass writer. So check this out. This is so typical Ethan. He writes all of his articles under the pen name Jack. <laughs> what's, what's, How did you find this? Dude, I, I just went hunting for it because last last episode you said ethanbrooks.com. And so I went to ethanbrooks.com and it doesn't go to your blog. And so I just like, I don't know, man. I just went down a, a dark hole trying to find <laughs> your damn website. And so this is once again, me reminding you that you are a phenomenal writer and you should put your work out there more often. And I signed up for your newsletter as well. I haven't yet gotten anything from you. So oh, man. you better ramp up the velocity there. Hold on uh, my feet to the fire. Nonetheless, the right to Rome. Right is spelled W-R-I-T-E to Rome. The right to Rome.com. And uh, 
<laughs> yeah. All right, Jack. <laughs> it's on now, Jack. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, the jig is up. I, um, the pen name is one I actually set on that website like years ago, forgot about. I, I, yeah. if you had asked me yesterday, like, what name do you publish under? I would have said mine because I forgot that I set that that way. And I only ever see the back end of the site, but it's a slight homage to uh, Jack London. So, cool. One of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate that, man. It's funny. I was actually in the other day trying to get the redirect to work too. So hopefully by the time people hear this, if you just, the problem is the right to Rome. I love the name. I got that. I got that URL years ago. And by the way, for anybody who's interested in naming something, there's a book called hello. My name is awesome. And it's the absolute best book I've ever read on the art of naming products and companies. And the woman who wrote it, owns a naming agency that's all they do is name wow. stuff my entire computer is shaking here that's all they do though is they is they name stuff and i had read that book and she gives you a handful of exercises to work through it takes a couple of hours but i ultimately came up with that name the right to Rome, because i wanted to write but i wasn't sure what i was writing about i knew it was like going to be travel related but i didn't want to lock myself in and so yeah. i've loved the name it's just really hard to say on a podcast because you're like, it's the right to Rome, right? It's spelled W-R-I-T-E and Rome is spelled yeah. R-O-A-M. So ethanbrooks.com should work. That's a long way of cool. saying if you're listening to this, just try ethanbrooks.com first. I've yeah, been so well, jealous of Tim.blog ever since he came up with that. Oh, man, I know. Tim.blog is a winner. And a guy owns timstoddart.com. That's why I have timstods.com. And he's such like... I don't know. I don't want to say bad things about people on a podcast, but like he, he doesn't use it. First off, he doesn't even redirect it. He's like a stock trader or he, he owns a wealth management company, has nothing to do with it, doesn't send it anywhere. It's just a domain that he owns and he won't sell it to me. And I don't know. It's been pretty damn frustrating, but I'm at the point now where I've kind of just gone all in on this Tim Stodd's name. So I don't lose any sleep over it anymore, but I certainly have. And so the fact that you have youthandbrooks.com, I am also jealous of because it just uh, pisses me off. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> let me not go there. Whole side conversation. I know that pain, man. There's some young gun who's got damn the damn Ethan Instagram handle right now. And I think he's doing the Brutal. same thing. It's like it's like used it for years and then stopped using it a, a long time ago. And I, I'm too proud to like get in touch with him and try to get it from him. So, cause you know, as soon as you reach out, they're like, Oh, I'll give you, you know, yeah. give it to you for five grand. Dollars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's good to see you, man. How you been? You too. Let me stop brooding over domain names. What are we, what are we doing today? I have a request for today that I hope the audience is going to like. So I want to interview you and see how you reverse engineer the SEO strategy or success of different websites. And so I want to set this up just a little bit. People who've been listening to this for a while know that I've got this like nerdy side hobby where I'll deconstruct how different companies have kind of like built uh, their website or their publication or something like that, or even just the company, how the company functions. 
So that's one thing that I do. But inside of that, I actually don't have any real knowledge of how to understand their approach to SEO. On top of that, my current role is helping to get a brand new publication off the ground. And so we've got a whole bunch. Well, we've got a handful of people that we're sort of looking at as um, inspiration. And, you know, I can deconstruct their editorial strategy. I could deconstruct their business strategy. I have no idea how to look at them and understand whether they're doing a good job with search engine optimization or not. So this is your bread and butter. You understand SEO better than anybody I know. And so I wanted to just throw a website at you and live observe as you go through it. And I just kind of want you to break this down. Like, forget about my process. Just go through this on your own, the way that you would look through any other competitor's site and talk out loud as you do it. And I kind of want to grill you on what you're doing as you go. And hopefully this will turn into a resource people can watch and or listen to, to understand how to better deconstruct somebody else's search engine optimization strategy so that you can learn from them. Cool. I love it. This is Pretty perfect timing. I'm in, I just published week two of the five week series all about SEO that I'm doing inside Coffee Blogger Academy. So if you want like the super high level step by step process, feel free to sign up at copybloggeracademy.com or you can just watch this video or listen to the podcast. I'll hold nothing back. And by the way, Ethan just dropped this on me a minute before we hit record. So I don't know any of these sites, I don't have any pre. Um, conceived idea as to what I'm about to look at. We're going to go through this live and um, hopefully I find find some cool insights. So <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's it. So <laughs> where do we start? I'm going to have to share my screen, right? Like, are you are you going to want to? Yeah, why don't you go ahead and share? Just... Yeah, you share your screen and I'm going to drop a link here in the Zoom chat um, and then we'll go from there. So this is, uh, I'll just talk for people who are listening. The link that I just sent is a there? link. Okay, What's that? We go. Yeah. 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 I, I asked if the link was in there. So honehealth.com slash edge. Yeah. So for people who don't know Hone Health, <clears throat> um, I wouldn't consider this a competitor. Hone is a, they're like a, um, a med tech company. They sell a uh, testosterone treatment, among other things, I think. I think they're like generally into health and longevity. But they're not a direct competitor with Hampton at all. It's a, it's, it's a health and wellness company. But they have this blog called The Edge, which is at honehealth.com slash edge. And from what I've heard, it's only a year old and it's doing very well. So this landed on a list as one of several uh, publications that we want to pay attention to and learn from as we grow the blog over at Hampton. And like I said... There's lots of ways I could deconstruct this from an editorial perspective, but I'm really curious to dig in and just understand from your perspective as an SEO guy, how you think this is currently performing and, and what is leading it to perform that way. So that's the setup. And for people listening, I'm yeah, I'm just going to hand it over to Tim. So he's looking at the website now. Yeah, well, I have two really funny things to start off with. First off, for those only listening, the article above the fold is pretty ridiculous. It says billionaire, and I'm not making this up at all. It really says this, <laughs> quote, 
billionaire vampire in training injects himself with teenage blood to reverse biological age. So I have no idea what I'm about to get myself into. Um, so you want me to just run with it? Yeah, I think what I'm curious to know, I'll, I'll start with a, with a question. So as somebody who spends a fair amount of time thinking about SEO and examining like the performance of other companies, when you first come to a new page like this, what are the yeah. first things that you're looking at? Yeah. And because these are the most that? important links on the site. So you're looking at header links and you're looking at footer links. And the reason okay. why is because the best way to think about this is that there's not really, don't look at websites as being a thing. Look at websites as being a group of pages that are all linked together. And so when a link is on the footer, it means that every single page on the website has this link on it, assuming mm -hmm. that the footer is the same across the entire website and that like they didn't do some weird custom stuff where they have like different footers for different pages, which sometimes does happen. Not, not a lot, but sometimes. Um, and the same thing with the, with the navigation. So I would click through these. Um, pretty slow. Okay. So you're looking at page speed too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I can tell you right away. I don't think this site is going to get a lot of organic traffic because the other thing I'm looking at, they might be doing great in terms of making money. I mean, testosterone is a huge thing right now. I think this is something that at the beginning of the year, when we did our predictions, I even said that like sperm clinics and testosterone clinics are going to have a huge come up just because of the I don't, know, I don't want to call it the masculinity crisis, but let's call it like the, the aging. Uh, masculinity low... crisis. <laughs> I guess Why don't we just call it. call it the masculinity crisis. All right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, I don't want to get canceled, man. You know, like you say things on a podcast and, and the next thing you know, I have like 80 DMs on Twitter of people calling me. I don't even know a whole bunch of stuff. All right. So we'll call it the masculinity crisis. So I think <laughs> if they're doing well, it's probably like a proxy of that as opposed to their SEO. Because as I click through these, these navigation links, so you see at the mm -hmm. tab at the top of the website. So if I hover my mouse over this tab, this is the H1 tag. And the H1 tag is basically the link that you click on when you search for something in Google. You know, like you ever wonder oh, how come the links on Google say the things that they do and they all say something different? Like you can tell Google what that is. And that H1 tag is actually, the best way I like to describe it is like, it's how you spoon feed Google what the page is about. So you get this tag, it's like 80 characters or something like that to basically say like, hey, Google, here's a couple words to give you a, a big spoonful of what this page is supposed to be about and and if you don't customize the h1 tag then google defaults to what the name of the page is and so the name of the page is health and if you hover over this it says health slash expert medical information news and health advice so so this is a category like this isn't a static page. This is a blog category. And you can tell that he lists all of this, like all of these blog posts are just part of the category. And mm -hmm. so he's, he's structured his website 
through the categories and there's some some pros to that there's definitely some cons to that as well and the con is that he's losing his four biggest content subjects let's call them they're called silos he, he's losing his four biggest parent keywords by defaulting this page to a category and the problem with that one is that you can't actually put static content on this page like you can wordpress allows you to put intro content they call it um and so like if he wanted to he could have 1200 words on this category page but that wouldn't make a whole lot of sense because when people click here they're not looking for information they're looking for articles and they're looking to scroll through articles and so that's a problem the second problem is that every time you post a new article on this particular category you're changing the content on this page right because this this article i mean i don't know when this was posted let me check on it to see if they have a date on this article, you see how slow the site is though. Mm -hmm. Okay. So May 3rd. So on May 2nd, this content wasn't on the page. And on May 2nd, there was probably something all the way at the bottom that was on the page that is now kicked to page two of the archive. And so it's just difficult for Google to like grab a hold of category pages to figure out what they're about because they're always changing. Hmm. Um, but all right, the other thing I see is they got a ton of content on here, like a ton of content. Um, and so a lot of times you can just brute force your way into getting traffic by publishing so often and not being very methodical about that. You know, like the example I always use is like Entrepreneur Magazine or even mm. like Huffington Post, like they don't SEO their stuff or even stuff like CNN and Fox News or ESPN, right? They don't necessarily SEO their stuff. It's just, there's so much of it that you're always flooding the search engines with new information. Um, so that's the first thing that I see. I didn't look at any tools yet. I'm not, I didn't even really index this on like SEMrush or Ahrefs or anything, but let me take a pause there and see if, if any of that comes to you. Yeah. Okay. That's really helpful. You mentioned there were some pros to using uh, pages like this too. I'm yeah. curious what one or two of those are. Well, the pro is that you by default group all of your content together through subject matter because every single article that is published in this health category you see i'm i'm highlighting the slug at the top so i'm on mm -hmm. honehealth.com slash edge slash health well like every single one of these is grouped together through this category so you you build like an artificial website within a website almost of content that is all related in this case it'll be about men's health and you can just the, the pages themselves all help each other because they're linked together, not manually. Like to really build a silo, a true silo, you just have all static pages and then you meticulously link all of these pages together that are all within the same topic or category, like men's health. So, you know, you could have an entire website that has no blog role, 
no nothing connecting the pages together. It's just all HTML. And then you just meticulously link the pages together that are in, you know, that are talking about the same subject matter. But what WordPress essentially did is they made it so that that happens naturally because all of these pages that get published are already linked together through this help thing. Got it. So that's they're all that's the like same a, category. Exactly. Same now, is true with nutrition, lifestyle, and quick, fitness. Quick technical question, and then I want to see the next thing that you kind of think your way through. So um, you've mentioned silos. In the past, you've also mentioned cornerstone pages. Um, how are those different? Well, a silo, I like to visualize them. I like to quite literally think of like a grain silo. You know, mm -hmm. if, if you have four different silos on a farm and one of them is filled with rice and the other is filled with grain and the other is filled with, I don't know, soybeans or something like that. What, what you're building on a website is kind of the exact same thing. You're building like a vertically connected group of material. And instead of like physical material, like a farm silo, it's just content. It's it's information. And the way that I always do it is with cornerstone pages because cornerstone pages are the top level of the silo. And so categories are like fake silos in a way because to really, really build it, like these are the four main pages that this website is creating content for. But you know, they're losing the biggest opportunity to create a page about health, about Got men's it. health. You know, this should be like the most informative page on the entire website. This should be like 10,000 words, you know, like really well organized through anchor links and a sidebar that you can easily navigate. And then all of the blog posts that you create about men's health link back to this main cornerstone page so that the whole entire silo as a whole ranks up together. And then the same is true with this nutrition page and the same is true with this lifestyle page. So because these are categories, you lose the capacity to take your top level keyword and make it just the most bomb piece of content that you possibly can about the category. And then you use the other blog posts or articles or even pages, you, you use them to manually link it together. So that's that's like the real downside is you basically, you, you kill the opportunity to become the expert in the most important thing to be an expert in. Because if you rank for men's, men's health, everything else is, is completely, I mean, it's not that it's nothing, but who cares, right? If you rank number one for men's health, then you basically are just an overall billionaire, like overnight. And same is true with men's nutrition, men's lifestyle and men's fitness. So, so yeah, all the rest big. of it is just kind of, fighting for little pieces of scraps that's interesting okay i can see i can see what you're getting at there um okay so so far you've looked at the site you've looked at structure of uh, the um top level navigation the tabs and whether they've been customized footer navigation a little bit of the url structure um and then some like basic stuff about how fast the page loads although we haven't run that through a tool or anything you're just kind of going anecdotally based on how fast it seems like it loads so at this point what's the next thing you'll typically do if you're trying yeah, to figure so, out what they're doing right 
as a like a potential competitor. Yeah, well, you mentioned I I like Semrush a little bit better. I like Ahrefs too, so I'll pull up Ahrefs because you said that that's where you that's what you use. Okay. So damn, they get a ton of traffic. So I'm on Ahrefs, and one thing that confuses me about this website is that their root domain forwards to this edge. And I don't get why that happens. Like honehealth.com forwards. Okay. So edge is just their blog. Edge is just their blog. They created a subfolder specifically for their blog. So you remember what I said about having footer links and stuff like that? This is a really good example where the footer links on honehealth.com are different than home. So I bet if I click on this, yeah. So you see, I'm hovering over this link that says blog. And then on the bottom left-hand corner, I can see the URL. So they mm -hmm. kind of have two different websites here, which is cool. That's cool. Got it. Um, but so here's what's interesting though. If I, if I look at honehealth.com as a website, yeah. So it's about the same. So the so their root domain and the blog are both showing roughly the same organic traffic on Ahrefs. Yeah. yeah. What does that mean? Does that mean they um, both do 400k or or is it somehow well, no. registering? It means that it's it's the same site. So sometimes what you would do is create like a subdomain. So a lot of e-commerce stores do this because let's say that you have your store on Shopify, but Shopify has terrible root structure for a blog mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's liquid. And so then if you wanted to put a blog on WordPress, then you would do like blog.domain.com as opposed to domain.com slash blog, right? Got so it. I was just seeing if they had it in a subfolder or if they had it in a, a subdomain. Got it. Um, so, okay. Yeah, so the I mean, fact that the traffic is the same across means that we're probably seeing traffic for the blog and other pages on Hone Health here. Is that what that means? Yeah, but this is it's it's going to be majority of the blog because... Nothing else would because the rank page, for any reason. Yeah, because the homepage, a telehealth clinic unlocking energy and longevity. So the homepage is basically just trying to rank for the brand. You know, okay. so if somebody goes to Google and types in Hone Health, they already know what they're looking for. And so it's not that you wouldn't want to spend time on it, but it's just not really that worth it because how much more can you make your brand your brand, you know? Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, right, okay. So, so rating is 40. That's good. Okay. That's good. What uh what is sort of the lower threshold for a good domain rating? At what point does it become good? 25. Yeah. Probably like 25. Um all right. And so the next thing that I would look at, see, this is a little different than Semrush. So I would look at keywords. So they have 164,000 keywords that they're ranking for. Is that a lot or is that you have an it's opinion on that? Yeah, it's it's a lot for sure. Um, so this is interesting. And this is very, very common, but in in blogs, in media sites, let's call them, that just publish content without really trying to SEO for specific stuff, there's always a huge, huge 80-20 rule. I mean, a mm -hmm. lot of the times it's like 95-5 rule. And so you see this one right here, Royal Honey. 
this is basically all of their traffic. Um, I don't want to say all because they got a lot of stuff going on, but Royal Honey is 132,000, right? Metformin weight loss. This is 86,000. So this is a, this is a huge page right here and it goes to this page. So for people listening, we're looking at a couple specific keywords that have really high search volume that they've, that they've created. These are pretty comprehensive pages. This is almost like what you were saying. Some of those, um, top four pages should be like, right. They're a little bit, these are, well, these are shorter They're maybe like 2,500 words, but a lot of information on them. Yep. A lot of good resources. Yep. Yeah. This is, this is good. Totally. I like that they did this. So you see here, it says fact checked by Joy Ferguson. Um, Mm -hmm. So because it's medical information, Google really likes to see that you had somebody go through it and it it keeps marketers from owning healthcare stuff, basically. Um, Although it's pretty cool. Oh, here it is. So references. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have all of their references down here, which is good. So they link out to, you know, like medical case studies. Um, and this is very specific to just healthcare and like financial and law type websites. And then at the bottom of this page, you can see it links out to another page about buying metformin. So nonetheless, I'm going to go back to Ahrefs now. And yeah, you can see that a huge majority of their traffic comes from Royal Honey, Honey Pack, I mean, and you can see there's even different variations of this keyword. And the way to check that is you look at the URL that it's going to. So, you know, same URL, same URL, same URL. Oh, same interesting. URL. Okay. Yeah. This this Royal Honey one is going several different yeah. keywords all point to that same page. No question. So that's interesting. So what are but you seeing as you go out, through man. this? Yeah, I'm seeing that this is still pretty spread out. Like. I, there's a part of me that like, I don't want to be a hater. You know, this is just sort of the thing about SEO that I always am really weary of where it's just easy to make the line go up and to the right by publishing Mm -hmm. a ton of stuff about a ton of stuff. But the, the business acumen probably for me, isn't too targeted. Like, I don't know how many sales they're getting from all of this traffic, all about Royal honey for him, hidden ingredients. Like this is a gossip page. At least the title makes it appear that it is. Cause him is a, is a company. It's like a men's, um, I think it's like a hair loss company, you know, well, let's or see sexual supplements about. here. Yeah. Let's and so this here. is like honey. Hold on a second. I think this is different than him's. Because oh, it looks different. like it's a standalone brand, Royal Honey. But to your point, let's see, it looks like maybe the FDA issued warning letters to four companies that sell honey-based sexual enhancement supplements. Okay, yeah. so it's top. It's definitely like topical because they're feeding off of a news thing, which is interesting. For sure. Um, yeah, at Stodzy, we call this sober celebrity content because – the thing that we see other agencies that work within the treatment space do all the freaking time is they'll write like 10 articles about Eminem getting sober or like Demi Moore 
or something. And, you know, all of a sudden this content starts getting organic hits because people like searching trash gossip about celebrities. And that's, this is a little bit more in depth than that, clearly. But the point I'm trying to make is this, this is exactly the sort of content that like, I spend time avoiding, because Mm. this is going to cost you money in servers, it may not be a lot of money, but you get 10 articles like this, all of a sudden, you're spending three, four grand a month in hosting. Um, It's just going to cost you time. It's not really gonna like, sell stuff. And so that's, that's another reason why I just like to avoid that. Now, if you were selling ads on this page, then it's totally different. You're killing it because the whole point is to just get as much traffic as you possibly can, but they're not That's trying me. to get a lot of traffic. They're trying to sell, you know, testosterone. So. That, that's a really interesting thing that I don't think a lot of people talk about, which is like, there's a lot of talk about how to get as much traffic as possible, but um, almost universally people ignore that there's like a bill attached to that. Your, your hosting bill. Um. So I would love to encapsulate this into some kind of framework. When you're looking at, let's say you're scrolling through this um, Ahrefs keyword listing. So these are all the keywords that this person uh, ranks for. And maybe you're looking at this for potential ideas for your own company, right? How do you differentiate between good keywords that are worth your time and ones that are just going to be expensive server bills that don't necessarily turn into business? Well, I have to make sure I give context as well, because this is assuming that there's a one-on-one relationship between the traffic and the sales. But I mean, Saad is smart and I think he's got a smart group of investors with him. And so he knows that he's probably using this traffic to collect email addresses. And if he mm-hmm. is, then he's probably hitting those emails pretty hard to try to sell his product and getting in front of them and getting in front of them. And then all of a sudden you turn, you know, like a trash gossip article into some brand awareness and maybe potentially a sale. And so I don't want to, I don't want to say that this is bad by any means. It's it's still very good if you're collecting emails. The point I'm trying to make is just that too much of this steers you. It makes your ship a lot heavier, and then it makes it harder to steer the ship. And that's just my particular style. I like doing as little work as possible and making as much money as possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sign me know, up call, for that one. Well, yeah, I think there's a, there's, there's a note, um, which I hear a lot of SEO people talk about, which is important, which is um, you have to be focused on search intent, right? So exactly. search intent is kind of the most important thing. You could find keywords that you could technically rank for, but are they going to bring you the type of people that turn into meaningful business like metrics or, or people that are actually going to buy from you? So I think I understand a fair amount about thinking through search intent. Maybe I do, maybe I don't, I'm not sure, but I'm curious to kind of keep peeling back the layers just a little bit more on like what you look for when you're when you're deconstructing somebody else's site. So so far inside of Ahrefs, I've seen uh, a look at their organic traffic, which is helpful. Um, their domain rating, 
It's another way of discerning whether or not you're looking at a website that's like worth paying attention to. Um, Is there any way to tell what has led to a successful domain rating? Like when you're looking at somebody and say they've got a high domain rating, how would you reverse engineer and be like, how'd they actually get that? Yeah. So to find a domain rating, you would want to look at backlinks. It's, this is a bit of an over, oversimplification, but at the same time, not really. Like if you ignore everything and just pay attention to backlinks, you're still going to get all the information that you need. And the backlinks is probably, yeah, see, this is, this is why they're doing so well because they have a serious outreach team. Look at this. We just talked about this. Gosh, how, Jeez, what a coincidence. Wow. Tim Ferriss' yeah, so blog. They have a backlink on Tim Ferriss' blog on Andrew Huberman's uh, episode interview. This is interesting as well, though. It's a no-follow, so they're not actually getting any credit for this domain. Um, what does that mean? Which, So uh, no-follow is basically like you're telling Google that the link is there, but not to pass any authority from the website that is giving the link to the website that is receiving the link. Um, and so either way, Tim is probably the one who sets that up. Is that that's done probably, on the referring domain? Yeah, you would have to know follow a link. The The webmaster essentially would have to know follow a link. It's a really simple piece of HTML, or you can even just like check a box in, in um, uh, WordPress. But I don't know. That's interesting. Like, I don't know Tim Ferriss at all, but usually you see this as an ad because people share their audience and give a link, but don't want to give away their page rank as well. So my guess is that they bought this link. I don't know that for sure. And so if that's not true, you know, like I said, stay out of the the hateful Twitter DMs, but my guess is they probably bought like an, an ad space on Tim Ferriss's blog for the traffic. That's super interesting. Could we click the page just to see what the actual link looks like? I'd love to see, because maybe, maybe from the look of it, we'd be able to tell better because if that's happening, I would just really like an example of what that tends to look like so that I can, uh, so that I can know in the future. Probably says hone, right? So if you control F. No, it says... Oh, what does it Andrew say? Andrew Huberman's testosterone boosting click. Huh. Yeah, so that's what it says. And and that's inside of be... a big list of links. So probably at the bottom, like the show notes, these links right? are no follow. Yeah, maybe it is the show notes. Yeah, so then I'll go back to the front end. Um, damn, there's a ton of links on here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's so many links on here dude um that's ridiculous okay yeah if you just, yeah, just maybe control you. f sunlight oh good idea um for people listening sorry let me tell some jokes to like uh is. entertain you okay here we go yeah oh interesting it is in the show notes it's a no follow yeah. link that's very interesting i'm gonna look deeper into why people do that because the the other the top this link from Tim Ferriss is in the top five of their uh, backlink profile, at least when yeah. you first pull them up. The others above it are from Very Well Health, Hood Warm, Hood, 
I'm not sure what that hood MWR, but they're also no follow. So does, is this like, this is an advertising strategy potentially where Hone Health is reaching out to these and they're potentially like paying for links or something like that? Potentially, or they're paying. So this is how websites like entrepreneur.com and even to a large extent Forbes, even, I mean, geez, even to a, a large extent, the New York times, like you pay to have them write stories about you. This is how mm -hmm. I got a link on the New York, on the New York times. Um, I didn't pay for it, <laughs> right? But, um, but that's that's how I got published on it. So, wait, wait, yeah, wait. This what? One, Dig into that for a second. What do you mean by that? Uh, when I was doing digital marketing for Journey Pure, um, New York Times came out and did a story about us. So, like, it's not like my face is on the New York Times or anything, but it was part of our our digital marketing strategy. These ones all look pretty legit, and when I say legit, I don't mean like natural, like GQ, for instance, this is a huge link, like GQ just found Hone Health and by the goodness of their heart linked out to it. Like this is the biggest misconception about backlinks. You have to get backlinks. And this is why it's so hard because there's no like trick to it. There's no algorithm you can follow. There's no, you know, sequence or framework or strategy like you just figure it out you know you, you just get them you talk to as many people as you can you beg borrow and steal you just get backlinks i don't know how else to say it. and that's why it's so difficult to do so when you find a really really good backlink company you uh, pay them a lot can do you see up towards the top of the current view that says press uh brothers bond bourbon right below that one Right below the H, uh, right below the GQ link. Yeah. Can we see that one? Because that's because the link on the page links off to Hone's blog, and so this is kind of interesting because it almost seems like that's one way here. to do this would be to do interviews with people whose websites that you want backlinks on, and then ask yeah. them to publish the interview on their site too. That's kind of cool. Absolutely. And this is why I think podcasts are still so underrated and why to some degree we're like kind of idiots for not having guests on our podcast. I mean, this is how I got a, a backlink from Seth Godin. I hmm. just had him on my podcast. And then I asked if he would link to it because he wants to share his stuff the same way that I do. So yes, this is what we're looking at right here. If I'm looking at a backlink, there's a backlink to honehealth.com slash edge slash lifestyle. And then the title is Ian Summerhalder Brothers Bond Bourbon Interview. So they interviewed a bourbon company. And I don't know, maybe this bourbon company has like some kind of marketing ploy where it's lower in calories or I don't know. And so on the brothersbondbourbon.com page, they have a press page. And on that press page, they list all of the places that they have been mentioned or have been interviewed. And so this is how they got that backlink. So this is That's interesting. this is so go-to and it's, it's, I mean, it's so easy. It's worth having a podcast if for no other reason, just to use it as a way to get on people's radar so they link to you. That's interesting. Okay, so backlinks is a big factor in domain rating. And you can see that really clearly in Ahrefs. Is there anything else that you look at when you're deciding like how well somebody's doing in terms of their SEO strategy? Well, 
I would spend a lot of time on this because the first thing I would do is try to steal these links. Like these links, oh, there's nothing here that, yeah, there's nothing here that you can't do on your own. It's not like, it's not like Hone Health is so famous that people are reaching out to them to be on their podcast. You know what I mean? And so, yeah, hell yeah. I would, I would call these guys. I would call GQ. I would call Box Rocks. Um, I would call mfoundation.org. This is, this is the first thing I would do. After I've established a lot of content and made it worth linking to, this is the first thing I would do is build a spreadsheet of all of these backlinks and then one by one, either try to get linked on it or try to convince them to take this link down and put mine up instead. And I would do it in a not spammy way, by the way, because I mean, geez, I'm sure you get a ton of those emails that say, Yep. Hey, link to this page instead. That's a terrible yeah. way to do it. We yeah. noticed that you wrote an article about XYZ. And a lot of exactly. times it's not even related to what we wrote about. So, exactly. Okay, so that's just the outreach. So if you're doing it in a way that's not spammy, you're building a connection with somebody at the company and trying to yeah. like offer value, same way you would do any other kind of PR outreach? Or how are you actually doing that? Yeah, in the DMs, bro. That's what the DMs are for. DMs are for... <laughs> Links and sales, links and sales. That's how I would do it. Now, these no follow links, they still have an impact on somebody's domain ranking or uh, no? Tough to say. Like, nobody really knows. Some people say, okay. absolutely, yeah, they do. And then other people say, no way, none at all. Hmm. Um, I, I just view them as it's better to have a link that's no follow than no link at all. And that's how I think about it. Hmm. Like even with backlinks, I maybe this doesn't make me a good SEO, but I I just don't pay too much attention to a lot of this stuff. For me, it's always just like, what's the next thing? Did I get it done good? Okay, cool. On to the next one. It's maybe that's why I'm a good salesperson as well, because I like forget about the victory as soon as I get it. Um, and I'm just always on to the next one. You need to see what this website is, BrianGood.net. It's it's just been eyeing me up for some reason. It's a I don't know personal trainer or something like that. Yeah, something. Those look like um, I have a pair custom, of those boots. Custom boots. No, 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 no. It's it's that company that Ben Wilson actually had them as a sponsor on his podcast. What the hell are they called? I've never worn them. They were just so cool. I had to buy them. Oh, shit, what are they called? Anyway. Okay, so we've established a little bit of site structure. We've established a little bit of like content and keyword understanding, keywords, domain ranking, understanding. Yep. yep. Is there anything else that goes into your opinion of somebody's SEO strategy? Let me and let me ask you this. I'll I'll actually ask a, a, a more specific question. So you're looking at this site and you're getting ideas for keywords or potentially places that you could place backlinks. What becomes your next step as the leader of the group in terms of determining like what the next, yeah, what's the next thing that you do once you have these ideas? Uh, Create a content calendar. So I know what I'm doing months before I do it. And this isn't, this isn't like an SEO 
thing as much as it's a systems thing, because my job as the leader, or I don't know, as the, as the decision maker, let's call it, is to say what we do when we do and know why we're doing it. And so I would create a content calendar. I would, on column A, have the title. In column B, I would have the keyword. Column C, I would have the subsequent keywords. So Google's pretty smart now, and they know that if you have sort of different variations of a word that aren't the exact keyword, but kind of mean the same thing, they can just figure it out of what you're looking for. And so I would have, you know, like this is the keyword, but then use this. So I don't know, maybe if I, I'm looking out my window, there's a big tree in my yard. So maybe if I have like a, a gardening blog and I'm writing a, an article about how to plant this kind of oak tree, I might put another word about, geez, I don't know, like different bushes or something that are good in the ecosystems. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they can figure out what you're, what you're, what problem you're trying to solve not necessarily by the exact keyword that you wrote or that you searched for. Um, so column A, column B, column C, column D, I would have like the three, I would put links to the three articles or the three pages that currently rank number one, because that's important because it's not always a blog post that ranks number one. Sometimes it's a homepage. And if it is a homepage, what does that tell you? Sometimes it tells you that Google has decided that that search query is actually localized. The intent isn't to find information. The intent is to literally find a business to solve that problem. And so if that's the case, I, I might not go after that keyword because I would think, well, there's no point trying to outrank a local business that Google has already decided is the best solution for this. Um, so I would have the, the top three or so different competitors, the people that are owning it. Um, and then I would have the due date. And then I, I manage my writers pretty hands off. They all have access to WordPress and they all just publish the stuff on their own. I don't go through it or even like quality control, <laughs> but you know, that's because, you know, like, like you, the last thing you want yeah. is somebody, you don't want to send your stuff to. Well, once you have a team that you trust. Yeah. I think you exactly. can yeah, be yeah. pretty hands off. And so you said that you published, this is the last question I have about this. It's been super helpful several months in advance. How far in advance do you actually build that calendar out? Yeah, about two months. Um, and this is a perfect time because after this, I actually have a, a meeting with my SEO team for CopyBlogger. If, if people have noticed, I haven't published any content on CopyBlogger for the past month and a half because the, my first order of duty, so to speak, is, hey, everything stops. We need to figure out our SEO. And you'll see this in action week by week going forward. Um, and that's, that's very intentional. And so I have basically the next two and a half months built out for sites that are really established in that way or industries that are really established. You could, you could build out your content for a year if you wanted to. The trouble is that Google is always changing things, but man, I got to tell you, I've never, ever once felt massive pain. Actually, that's not true. One example, I felt massive pain. But then in that same exact example, after we basically went from like 20 grand in free money a month to zero, 
six months later, it went right back up to 20 grand and we didn't do anything different. And so, <laughs> you know, I don't, I actually don't pay too much attention to Google or al algorithms. The idea is solve people's problems and you'll always win. So if you just ramp out a, a year's worth of content and every piece is intent driven through a keyword, conversion driven, meaning are you collecting an email address? Do you have a CTA to sell a product? Like what's your goal for the piece of content? Have that in there. And then solution driven, does your piece of content actually solve the problem for the user? And if it does, then as long as you follow best practices, you don't actually have to care too much about all the super technical SEO. You just, you just do those three things and you'll, you'll succeed like guaranteed. No question. Ah, this was super helpful, man. I really appreciate it. I'm going to, I'm going to use this to like reverse engineer a handful of other people in our sort of backlog of inspiration. Um, but I feel like I have a tangible grasp on what I actually need to do next, which is super helpful. So thank you. I hope that was useful to the people who were listening. Uh, what I want to do is go apply this and then bring it back and like walk through a couple interesting case studies in a week or so. Well, I was just going to say when, cause I know you, you'll listen to this again. Right. And when you do, I think it would be cool if maybe next week or two weeks from now, you actually share what, what you're thinking of for, for Hampton, you can, you know, there's just so many different ways you can do that because the majority of your sales are going to come through email and you got like killers on that team who know how to write email copy and sales pages. So in a way, getting the traffic, like, how you get the traffic doesn't matter quite as much as getting the traffic because you'll, you'll convert it some one way or another, but even still, I can just see a lot of different ways that you can structure the site so that, so that it's just so well organized that you're not getting anything other than potential buyers and you're still getting a ton of traffic. Yeah. I would definitely love to dig back into that after I've taken some time to apply this I think what we need first, and this is something that I've been working on, but it is definitely the next step is like the content calendar. We just need a better, because yeah. right now we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants. We publish a couple of times a week and uh, I would love to just get that ironed out and have more insight into what the next one to two months is actually going to look like. And then also a process for analyzing how those pieces are doing after a certain amount of time as well. I think those are the two things that I'm focused on next. And yeah, I'd love to break that down. I think maybe we can make that either next week or the week after the episode um, to just take a look at how I'm actually sort of putting what we just talked about into, into practice. So this was super helpful, man. Cool. I'm glad it helped. Can't wait to see what you come up with. Thanks for uh, thanks for doing it in Ahrefs so I don't have to pay for another tool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't have a chance to go through the advanced filters so that I could really see, like I can organize the content through all the pages that have, I don't know, testosterone or all the pages that have, who knows, like sunlight. That's, that's a, a big thing these days. And when you can organize it through that, you can actually find the one page out of all of those pages that is like getting most of the traffic 
And then usually what I do in that case is delete all of the ones that aren't really getting all the traffic or maybe revise them to either get one page that wins everything to number one or have like five or six of them that are at number one. Because most of those pages will float around like 11 and then doesn't do you much good. So so yeah, next time I'll, I'll be able to go through the advanced filters and, and get even more high level. But honestly, you don't you don't even really need to worry about that stuff. Yeah, I can't wait to dig into this. This is uh, weirdly how I spend my vacation. Like it's it's been actually been, been really nice um, to just have some time that's quiet to dig into the strategic stuff that you just never have time for inside of the actual day to day of running the business. So, yeah, man, this was awesome. I think. Is there anything else you wanted to chat about, or is that a good place for us to leave it? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm loving the pod right now. Weather's beautiful in Denver. I'm about to go walk around this lake. The producer is still sleeping, so I might have a couple minutes to run out there. But other than that, bro, life is good. That's awesome. Yeah, we're we're sitting underneath like end of days storm clouds right now. So if I seem antsy, it's because the entire floor is shaking with the thunder. <laughs> to everybody who tuned in, thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, hope this was useful. We will circle back on this in like a week or two with the actionable sort of like look at exactly how I went ahead and applied this. And we might even be able to turn some of that into like a template too. I mean, I think the the content calendar thing is really interesting. Also, I'll have something to show you that I think you're going to get a kick out of uh, cool. in a, probably about two weeks. I'm, I'm test driving a brand new content calendar software tool and it's pretty rad, but I can't talk about it yet. I can talk about it in a couple of weeks. So nice. Can't wait to see it. Yep. Um, all right, people. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to check out copybloggerpod.com. You can sign up for the email list. You can also check out where do people find Copyblogger Academy? What's the best place to find that? Academy.com. <laughs> wow, that's so weird. <laughs> what was the website again? <laughs> Copybloggeracademy.com. Can't <laughs> mess right, it up. Check it out. All right. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you next week.